TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here. On TuneIn, go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. After investing billions to light up our network, T-Mobile is America's largest 5G network. Plus, right now, you can switch, keep your phone, and we'll pay it off up to $800. See how you can save on every plan versus Verizon and AT&T at T-Mobile.com slash across America. Up to four lines via virtual prepaid card. Allowed 15 days. Qualifying unlocked device credit service ported 90 plus days with device and eligible carrier and timely redemption required. Card has no cash access and expires in six months. We're back with more Inside the Clubhouse with Bruce Levine and David Haw. Man, it, it is one of my favorite bullpens I've ever seen. It's, it's impressive. It's, I'm going to nerd out a little bit, but like he throws, he throws pitches, he'll throw his pitch and, and he lands in the same spot. It, both of his feet do. It's like boom, boom. And then he goes one, two, three, stands behind the mound rubber, on the, behind the rubber, gets on the rubber again, does it all over again. It's, it's the most incredible thing I've ever seen. And um, just that's something like you hear of guys being like, oh, he, uh, his bullpens are really good. And like he's, he's almost a robot and stuff like that. And you're like, okay, like whatever. And then you finally get to see something that I guess beautiful. It's, yeah, so I, I did learn just what a professional looks like. Welcome back. It's Inside the Clubhouse, Chicago Sports Radio, 6-7 the score. David Hall, Bruce Levine, till 11 o'clock, talking baseball. That was Hayden Wisniewski, the young Cubs right-hander, talking about a Kyle Hendricks bullpen session like he was describing artwork. And in many ways, he was, which brings us to the guest hotline sponsored by Circa Resort and Casino in Las Vegas, home of the world's largest sports book. And we welcome Kyle Hendricks to the show. Good morning, Kyle. How are you? Good morning, guys. Doing great. Thanks for having me. So when you hear somebody like Hayden Wisniewski, your teammate, describe, and you can hear the joy in his voice, the glee, he's marveling at your bullpen session, Kyle, in this role on this team. How does that make you feel when you hear guys talk about what you do like that? Yeah, no, that's it's pretty amazing, honestly. I, I told Hayden first he's got to stop talking so nice about me, number one. <laughs> no, it, being in the role I'm in now on this team, you know, just being around a little bit, it's awesome. Just having some of these young guys that have come up and watching their abilities and what they're able to do out on the mound, you know, I sit back and I kind of revel at that, at the stuff, at what they're able to do pitch-wise when they're out there. So to kind of get that to come back at me the other way, it's still, it's just awesome to see. And, you know, we have such a great group right now with these guys, so many good young guys, so many good veterans. It's just, it's a great mix right now going together and, why we're playing such good baseball we're just having a ton of fun out there kyle it's great to have you on uh, the show it's been a long time since we've had you on uh on inside the clubhouse so thanks for taking the time out today and i i guess the thing you know i wanted to ask you about uh the most is you know you and i talked a lot uh before the trading deadline maybe two weeks uh maybe three weeks right before uh you and i talked about the fact that hey this is it looks pretty inevitable that you were going to get traded and go somewhere else. And now you fast forward to maybe a month later and you guys are right in the thick of it. You are as important a pitcher for this team as you have been throughout your career. 
What is that like? What has this, this last month been like uh, for you, uh, you know, looking at your career almost ending as a Cub and then now where you're at today? Yeah, definitely, Bruce. I mean, it was a little bit of a whirlwind for sure. Yeah, like you said, you and I were talking about it. You know, the trade deadline always brings a ton of attention, but this year it was de- it was somewhere in the middle. You know, we didn't really know where we were going to go, what we were going to do. Last couple of years, we knew we were going to be sellers. Years before that, we knew we were going to be buyers. So, yeah, it was a, a different year in a lot of ways, but we, we were able to play some really good baseball there right around the deadline and put ourselves in a position where we showed that, you know, we could possibly take this division, make a run at the wild card and all these things. So, in the end, I'm just so happy to still be here. This is number one for me. This is where I always want to be and to have things work out where, yeah, we started playing better and looked like we were going to hold on to what we had and just trust the group that's in that clubhouse, add a couple pieces. Jamer and Kloss have been unbelievable bringing them in and just fit right into the group. So, yeah, I just I couldn't be more excited and more happy um, to be riding it out with this group. And we know what we're, what we're capable of and what could possibly happen. So we're sticking one day at a time. But you know me, we've talked so much in the past, too. I, I love being in Chicago so much. So I'm glad it worked out this way for sure. A lot of Cub fans agree and nodding their heads at home listening to that, Kyle. And I think your trademark is consistency on the mound and off. And I wonder if you can take yourself back. And I wonder how hard it was to maintain an even keel and, and not allow yourself to maybe be paralyzed by uncertainty or anxiety or whatever you might have felt coming back because you had the injury. You were out for a while. And it was May 25th, and you maybe didn't know what you were going to be like as a pitcher at the stage of your career. Maybe Cub fans didn't know either. And yet, since that point, since you returned, there's only one pitcher in Major League Baseball that's had more starts than you with giving up three earned runs or fewer. That's Blake Snell. You're number two on that list, so that consistency has returned. How difficult was that to expect for you? How difficult were those emotions to manage? Yeah, I would say the emotions were definitely tough. You know, like you said, it was a long process, and there was a lot to handle going through each step of it. Um, But as far as the expectations, I was super lucky just to have – the group around me that I had, number one, my family, the support there, but the team in general, guys reaching out. When I would come to Chicago every now and then to just check in with the team, it was like nothing had ever changed, you know. So the support that I got from everyone really helped just to, you know, take it one day at a time. Take it one day at a time, see what the rehab process has given me, and whenever I feel ready and when we're all ready to rock and roll, I can go back out there and just be myself again. That's all we were looking for is to go back on the mound be able to be myself and make the pitches that I had in the past. Um, So, yeah, I would have never expected it to really happen that fast coming back into it. But again, I came back, we saw, I saw the group that we had, we were playing such good baseball, we were winning and, and I felt healthy again. So I was, I was super lucky with all the doctors, the trainers, everybody in Arizona, all the work they put in and the plan they put in place with me. It just worked great. It worked perfect. And once I was healthy and feeling good, it was back to business, you know, going out there competing, uh, I can't thank Tommy enough for when I did come to Chicago and gave me a couple little cues and some bullpens that locked me in really early in my mechanics. And that helped a ton when I was able to come back and just start pitching, you know, like you said, in competition. But, yeah, the expectations and the emotions, there was a lot of ups and downs through all of it. So super, uh, you know, thankful for the support group and just so thankful that I'm back doing what I love, just taking the ball every fifth day and, that's who I've always tried to be, is just go out there your fifth day, be consistent, and give the team a chance to win. It's, it's you just being Carl. 
that's that's all that's always uh, um, that's exactly that is, right, Bruce. Uh, that, that's Kyle Hendricks, one of his nicknames. The, the prof- professor is one that's known. The one that I always used was Mr. Ricketts uh, because that was Rizzo's uh, nickname for you uh, when you, when you had your glasses on. So it's it's pretty interesting stuff. But nonetheless, uh, we're we're happy you're with us today. And I guess we'll, we'll let's get to game two right away. Uh, uh, obviously, there's been tremendous amount of great games and great energy around the Cubs, you and your teammates this year, and uh, you, you look like certainly a, a solid playoff team moving forward. Uh, a lot of important games coming forward. So my question to you is, David Ross brings you into the, and this will not happen, I'm sure, but David Ross brings you into the office today and goes, Kyle, um, what should I do with Alzalez? Should I give him a day off? First of all, we've used him a lot. He's been a horse for us. Uh, should I give him a day to clear his mind? Or, or do we throw him right back out there in a safe situation so he doesn't lose any confidence in what he's done and uh, knowing how important he will be to us the rest of the way? Yeah, for sure. You know, Adbert has been amazing, just like you said. He's been our guy all year to come in and kind of take over that ninth inning role, the closer role. And you know the game's over when he comes in the game. You know, things like last night, that's baseball. It's going to happen. He had an amazing streak going. Um, all the games we had won with him, that kind of kept all our momentum going and got us into this position. So, no, like you said, we have every game going forward is going to be so big. There's going to be no change from Adbert. I guarantee you that. We're all going to walk in the field today. He's going to be saying hi to everybody, dapping everybody up just like he normally does seeing how everybody's doing and if the game is a close game there in the end he'll be in there you know that's that's how it's going to go I know Rossi feels the same exact way he's so proud of what Albert's been able to do for us but yeah having somebody at the back like that and it's really been the, the group of guys the bullpen in general has just been amazing you know picking us up as starters when we haven't had it but also just you know the game like I said you bring them in in the sixth seventh inning and they hold it down and they give us a chance to win every single day. So that consistency that they've been able to establish, that's really not going to go anywhere, and we're going to have to rely on that for sure throughout throughout this last month. So there's going to be some heavy workloads. Um, they know that. They know what to expect. But these guys are going to be in there all the time, and Adbert is the one guy he's not going to shy away from getting the ball whatsoever. Talking with Cubs cornerstone Kyle Hendricks here on the score inside the clubhouse. Kyle, I, I think when you look at the job that Jordan Wicks has done in the last two starts, his first two as a major leaguer, it's remarkable to see his poise and the metal that a young pitcher like that has. I just wonder, number one, could you describe what kind of, uh, what, what kind of teammate he is and how wide his eyes might be in this moment in the midst of a pennant race? And secondly, you go back a week ago, and Jordan Wicks was on the mound. Tommy Hadovy comes out there. I don't. We we talked to Tommy and kidding about what he said, and he and he marveled at how Jordan Wicks was able to recite it chapter and verse after the game to reporters. Uh, what goes on with during those mound visits? How 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 important are those to kind of just set people right? Or, or the, usually with you, uh, less is more. Yeah. No. Tommy. Tommy's awesome, man. I think he really connects so well with each and every one of our pitchers and it's really unique. Um, he knows what makes guys click, what guys need to hear, what gets them right. And so, yeah, mound visits throughout the course of games can really help. Just slow it down for a second, let you refocus on the plan. Where do you, where are you going to go? Where are you going to attack? But 
yeah, I've, we've all been loving that, you know, the mound visit, especially that one with Jordan for him to go out there and then come back and set down 15 straight, you know, um, just unbelievable visit by Tom. And just for all of us, um, seeing how Jordan reacted to it was pretty special. And overall, I think that's just his personality, man. It seems like he's already had about 10 years in the big leagues when he showed up. He just, he knows how to carry himself. He's such a hard worker and he doesn't have that wide eyes in his look, like you were saying, um, even in the midst of a pennant race or whatever. Um, he knows he knows he belongs here. He knows he wants the ball. He wants to go out and attack and compete. And you see it when he's walking off in between innings and stuff, you know, that determination, that look in his eye, the fire he gets. The guy loves to compete. He loves being out there. He loves having the ball. And you can tell the stuff. I mean, he's got four-plus pitches that are he can mix in any time. He controls the zone. He moves in and out. Uh, he just really messes with hitters' timing, you know. And to have that feel already of these guys up here is just – pretty amazing to be honest so it's been so cool just to get to know him more uh talk to him more but just watch his process too uh we've learned a couple things just in what he does in his routines and taking a couple things from him and we've shared what we do you know also in our routines but that's how it is you know he, he came in he folded right into the group perfectly and to go out and perform like that in his first two games in the big leagues is just awesome to watch, man. That changeup's nasty. But really, he can, like I said, he's got four great pitches that he's going to have a long, long lifespan in this league for sure. Kyle, uh, the numbers are 346, 13 homers, 52 RBIs since the All-Star break. Uh, nobody has outperformed Cody Bellinger. Nobody's had bigger hits. What has this been like for you to watch and your teammates as he – Literally, I mean, certainly it's been 26 men, now 28 men, doing a great job all the way around. But what has this been like watching him carry that offense and and come up time after time with runners in scoring position and drive-in runs? What has that been like for you to watch Cody Bellinger? Yeah, it's been amazing to watch, man. I think nobody on this team misses an at-bat when he's up there. It seems to always be like in a big situation, first of all. But like you said, yeah, he's completely put the team on his back and how he's performed, going out every single day, moving around positions, being able to play center first, uh, really doing just whatever they ask of him. Um, he's at the field. He's in the weight room every single day, just working his tail off again. I think that's really the theme of this group right now is we have so many hard workers and it starts with the leaders, the guys at the top, really, you know, Belly and Dansby's in there for sure, Happer, Nico. These guys just love baseball. They love going out there and playing the game every single day. And they put in all the work to be prepared and to go out and, you know, have success when they do go out there. So to have our young guys be able to watch all that, um, it's super special. And you can't overstate that enough. And it's something I had when I was coming up, being able to watch the the John Lester's, John Lackey's, Arietta's, these guys, just watching what they did, how they go about their business um, and going out and having the success that they had it sets up young guys really to follow in their footsteps. So yeah, belly number one has been our guy in the middle of that lineup every single day, just a constant force. And all our young guys are taken after that, but it really does go deeper than that. We have such a good lineup, man, and, and so many good leaders. And so I know Dansby has been huge addition to this team and just got our mental state in the right spot to go out and win every single day. And then Happer, Nico, these guys are just great ball players all around, man. And they, they're the same consistent people every single day. So it helps going to the ballpark. 
you know what to expect. You know what you're going to get out of these guys, and that's pretty special in the game today. Last thing I have for you, Kyle, is that David Ross was your teammate when you guys made the run in 16 and obviously won it all. And now he's your manager as really this is the first real pennant race or contention uh, month of September with fans in the, in the standings and everything. And now he's your manager. Um, and I wondered, it was a great story in the Sun-Times with Steve Greenberg earlier this week. David Ross talked about wanting to be a great manager. Doesn't think he is yet, and I think that modesty is one of his greatest traits, traits probably. But as we enter this stretch run with 27 games to go and the Cubs being where they are in the standings, what do you think his greatest asset is as a manager? You've known him as a, as a teammate, and now you know him as a manager. How would you describe what he brings to this month that is his strength? Yeah, absolutely. I think it's just his competitive nature, number one, and his consistency um, with his leadership. You know, he's in there every single day. He knows what it takes. He's been through it before as a player, like you said. Um, and he, he always had that super competitive nature and knows how to get the best out of his guys, whether they were his teammates when he was playing or now as his players when he's the manager. But he's consistent. He's the same guy every single day same kind of and like you said I think that's trickling down to our team to our players but you go into Rossi's office you know what to expect you know what you're going to get and he's going to tell you how it is whether you did something good or something bad he's going to let you know where you stand um I think that's huge and kind of like you had mentioned too the modesty I mean he's always looking to get better he's always looking to improve where are we going to go from here never get settled you know in in where the state that we're at right now so he, he's just an amazing person, number one, um, super hard worker, and I'm so lucky to have been able to play with him, number one, and now to have him as my manager, so lucky to go out there every single day and take the ball from him. So I know he cares so much, the passion and the emotion that he puts into it. He just he cares about each and every one of us and about winning, number one, and it's so evident. You know, you never have to question that. So I would say those are probably the biggest things with Rossi and everyone wants to play for him and wants to win for him. So that's huge. And we haven't been where we wanted to be the last couple of years. So being in this position right now, it makes it that much more gratifying. You know, we, we know Rossi deserves all this and we want to go on a deep, as deep a run as possible with him at the helm. And he's making just great decisions, really got everybody in, in the right place to succeed right now. And that's why we're having the results that we're having for sure. Talk about great teammates. I'm going to turn uh, the conversation back to you. And uh, the reason I do this, and David and I certainly appreciate all this time today. It's been great talking to you and, and getting your thoughts and letting the Cub fans hear you. Uh, when, when it comes to having a catcher, you have always been the most supportive guy. No matter whether the guy was good, bad, or indifferent, you, he was always guy mentioned after all your starts. Uh, you're doing it again with Amaya. You took on a young catcher to catch your games, important games, beginning your career again after injury, and you've you've helped him mature as a player and as a teammate. And that that shouldn't be missed by people out there. That's leadership. That's being a good teammate. Uh, talk about that and where that comes from, from inside you, because you're very subtle about it, but it's obvious part of what you want to do is not just go out there and pitch every five days and help the Cubs win, but be a teammate and help people grow in their jobs. Yeah, I really appreciate you saying that, Bruce. That's super nice, man. Um, but no, I just, when you come to the field with these guys every single day, it's, 
they become your family. You know, these are like your brothers. And I mean, some guys are so easy and Miggy is one of those guys. You, you've talked to him, you've been around him, but his personality, he's so calm, cool and collected really all the time, just an unbelievable demeanor and just a great person. And I feel like the Cubs have done such a good job of that really over the years, ever since I've been here, there's, they bring in good people. It's just really good human beings all the time. So it makes it easy to connect and, I'm much more of a one-on-one kind of guy, you know, kind of taking guys off to the side and just having conversations, talking baseball. At the end of the day, that's what I love to do. I love baseball. I love playing. I love competing. And these are my brothers that we're in this with, you know, we're in this fight together. So yeah, I appreciate all those kind words for sure. But at the end of the day, it's pretty natural to be honest. We just, we know we want to win. We want to be there in the end. And these are the steps you have to take to get there. Um, so, yeah, it helps having such receptive young guys, like you said, Miggy, whether it's catchers, whether it's young pitchers coming up. It's just awesome talking baseball, getting to know these guys, learning some things, and then going out and competing and see what you got, you know, and learn from there. So it's a constant process. It's something I do truly, really love. But at the end of the day, it always comes back to the competing and the winning factor. Um, you know, getting late into October, there's nothing, absolutely nothing like playing playoff games in Wrigley. So talking to these guys and, making them aware of that. We've had a couple big games where it's felt close to that. Um, but I know we're just so excited for that moment to come and to bring playoff baseball back to Wrigley Field for sure. Always a pleasure, Kyle. Thank you so much for your time. Finish strong. This has been a lot of fun. Of course, guys. Thank you so much for having me. Have a good day. Kyle Hendricks, the Cubs pitcher, probably the classiest professional athlete in Chicago. There are a lot of them, but I think it's be, it'd be difficult to make any list that doesn't start with his name, Bruce, because he's just been here a while. He gets it, and you understand what makes him such a terrific teammate. And then, by, by extension, a, a terrific pitcher because of the way that he just breaks things down and, and breaks hitters down and approaches his, jo- his job. Look out. Two years from now, he's coming after your job, David. <laughs> he could do it. He can do it. You know what? Though, Bruce, he doesn't want to get up at three thirty in the morning. <laughs> no, he probably probably doesn't. He'd probably want a, a midday shift or a late afternoon shift. Uh, not, and I'm not warning anyone else. I'm just saying. Uh, he he uh, he knows all the sports, so I, I'm I'm projecting a a media career if he wants it for Kyle Hendricks a couple two three years from now when he decides to hang it up. <laughs> <laughs> that would be great to look forward to. He is good at whatever he chooses to do. When we come back, Sean Bruce, Sears just put up uh, Parkins, yeah. Spiegel, and Hendricks. The next, uh... <laughs> that would be a great nice trio. Job, Sean. Yeah, nice job, Sean. All right, we'll, con- we'll, con- we'll mention that to Mitch on Monday. I'll bring it up in a meeting. All right, Bruce, we'll come back and do a little chin music. Back to the White Sox. Chris Getz had a lot to say this week. We'll examine some of it. On Inside the Clubhouse, Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. High and inside, oh, chin music, a little chin music, take that hit for a ride. It's time for some chin music. Hey, um, how about a warning? Sure. Watch out you don't get killed. <laughs> because sometimes in baseball, you've got to send a strong message, especially when someone has it coming. Each Saturday, David and Bruce come in high and tight with a response to something that deserves one, like this. Pedro will be back next year. Yeah. I think it's important to provide stability to our players. There's been a lot of changes the last couple of years. 
um, and certainly here recently. And I believe that we need to get back to playing baseball, focusing on baseball, so when these players show up each day, they can just focus on the game and not the leaders in the organization. Welcome back. It's Inside the Clubhouse, Chicago Sports Radio, 6-7 to score. We're playing one of our favorite games, Chin Music, one of our favorite songs here every Saturday morning, David Hall, Bruce Levine. Bruce, that was Chris Getz at his opening press conference. You were there. I wasn't. Had to do a couple podcasts. I wish I would have been there, but I was enjoying my Take the North podcast anyway. Bruce, I asked Chris Getz this question on Friday morning when he was on the Mullen Haw Show, too. He said it there. How in the world do you inherit a job as the general manager and your first order of business is deciding to bring back a manager that has presided over all of the losing, a team that is on pace to lose 98 games? How can you say in one hand, in one breath, I'm going to be different, and then in the next say you're going to bring back the same manager? Four managers in six years is my answer, okay? Enough with manager changing. There were fingers pointed at managers from Robin Ventura to Ricky Renteria to Tony La Russa, now to Pedro Grafal. The, point, the fingers should have been pointed all along at the guys on the field that either get the job done or they don't, Okay. Instead, it was pointed at managers. It was eventually this year pointed at front office that it was decided wasn't getting the job done properly after many years. And now it's back to continuity, even though it hasn't been the right situation, and moving forward. Uh, Getz, Mr. Reinsdorf, decided that uh, Pedro Gafal would be a point where... They couldn't decide one way or another whether he was the right man for the job. In my opinion, they finally decided he is worthy of another chance with this team to redirect the new team, the new players. I mean, I haven't gone through it, but how many roster changes have there been in 2023 for the Chicago White Sox? How many from the spring training are still sitting there in that clubhouse? Too many. I mean, well, uh, the, to, I think the, the the job is just starting. There's a it's a big, immense, I, and I even hesitate to use the word rebuild because the, we're apparently not in the midst of a rebuild. I think that's delusional to think the White Sox aren't in the midst of a rebuild, Bruce. Hey, look, we go back to the days before 2016, and the trade of Chris Sale was signaled the rebuild that just officially ended when Kenny and Rick were fired. And every year it was the White Sox piecing together roster with trades and signing uh, guys past their primes and going for it every year. And that was fun while it lasted. But they have not been to the postseason consistently enough. And I don't know how you, how you are going to get there faster by bringing back a manager. Even though you've had a lot of mistakes in the past, you're starting over. I think you're ignoring the past, and I think you could start with your own manager. I just don't know. I just don't know why he decided to make that his first official move. Maybe Pedro Grafal, David, is a better suited manager for what the White Sox have to do now compared to what they brought him in for to begin this season. 
And by that, I'm saying you had a veteran team, mostly, of guys that were expected to win. You bring in a rookie manager who has great baseball background, but no managing at the major league level, okay? Uh, maybe for a rebuild and for getting the team going where it needs to go, Pedro Gafal is better suited in that role than he was for the one that they brought him in for to lead this team to a championship right away without any experience. I just, I just don't like the idea of, of making your mind up before you know what else you have to choose from. And I'm going to go there. I'm going to go to Milwaukee. And I'm going to point out that a week ago today, the Brewers announced that they have ended contract negotiations with Craig Council. And I'm going to point out that this is one of the best managers in baseball. And if you are a 40-year-old new executive taking over a franchise where you have aspirations to get back to the playoffs, I would want to wait to see if Craig Council were indeed a free agent because I would want to hire, as my first big move, one of the best managers in the game and grow with him because he's pretty – he's youngish. He's, he's Getsy-like. I'm sorry, Getz. I'm going to get my Getzies confused. Bruce, we've got an offensive coordinator with the Bears, Luke Getzey, and we have Chris Getz, the general manager of the White Sox. Which one is the great Getzey? I don't know. Anyway, I digress. Bruce, I want Craig Council in – I, I want the Sox to consider hiring Craig Council. Now they can't. Now they're committed. I think that's a mistake. I think it's a fair point. Uh, I'm a – I don't think there's a bigger fan of Craig Council in the way that he gets the most out of a team uh, than me, okay? I've been touting him ever since his second year as the manager of the Brewers because uh, that was the first time he really had a chance with any talent to, to win. And I, I think from what I've seen, uh, I don't think anybody gets more out of their players in baseball than, than Council. That said, uh, maybe... Maybe he's moving on to the New York Mets uh, next year. Maybe he's going in a package deal with his oh, former man. general manager, David Stearns, as the new head of the New York Mets. And maybe maybe Council is already uh, ticketed to go there with him. We will keep an eye on that possibility as Bruce speculates about the Mets' future with Craig Council. That would be something good for the Cubs if they have to change managers. Let's squeeze in a phone call. Norm has been very patient, and he wants to weigh in on the White Sox as we go to the score listener line, powered by BetQL. Bet smarter, beat the books. Download the BetQL app today or visit BetQL.com. Good morning, Norm. Thank you for waiting. Hey, good morning, guys. Great show this morning. A lot of good insight. Um, yeah, my take on the whole thing is a lifelong Sox fan. Look, I'm 60 years old, and, you know, we lived through some tough times. But, uh, you know, the message I got from Jerry Reinsdorf is, hey, fans, I don't care what you think. You're going to get more of the same. Um, and that's what I heard, you know, from canceling Sox Fest because they didn't want to probably deal with the fans' questions on what was going on with La Russa at the time and what was going to happen afterwards. But come on, Chris Getz, what has he done in the organization? Um, you know, has talent been um, developed there? I don't see anything. Uh, I'm just frustrated. I'm frustrated as heck, and now I feel disconnected as a Sox fan. Thanks, Norm. I think that you speak for many, Bruce. There's a lot of apathy and anger out there kind of competing for space in a White Sox yeah. 
fan's heart. You hope not. You hope it's not apathy. That's the thing. That's the most dreading for any uh, ownership or franchise is uh, apathy. If they become apathetic, then you got a real problem. Uh, anger. I, I I encourage anger. I encourage frustration. I encourage the idea that you are not going to stand still and sit around and not voice your opinion about what's going on with the team that you love. Because Norm is not going to Clark and Addison and watch Cub games anytime soon, okay? He's a White Sox fan, died in the wool, just like most White Sox fans are, and they're not switching and riding a bandwagon of a team across town. They're, They're Sox fans. They're frustrated that this is what they end up with after being promised by a front office that the window was there for them to win a World Series. It's the furthest thing from a World Series appearance that it could be at this point. Headline from Saturday mornings inside the clubhouse, Levine encourages anger. <laughs> How about that? For I me? mean, what, what, else, what else could it be? I wouldn't say you, you, you encourage know, anger. Maybe, maybe you induce it sometimes. Maybe not encourage. I, I, well, maybe in you, you know, yeah. sometimes you just can't handle it, you know. You, I know. You need, you need your teddy bear and, you know, you need a, a couple, a, I'm know, soft, a couple Bruce. minutes alone. I'm soft. I'm soft as a grape. <laughs> no, right, no, you're Indiana back. tough. That's I don't right. know anybody from tough. Indiana. I don't know anybody from Indiana that's soft, okay? <laughs> that, I, thank you. You can't, you can't say that about anybody from Indiana, all right? So <laughs> you, you got that. But, but what I'm saying is Sox fans – you heard Jerry in the first bite we played. This is the worst year of his career, okay? He's not sugarcoating anything. <clears throat> the point is, is he believable to you Sox fans that he wants to get it right? I can tell you, knowing Jerry, that nobody wants to win more, okay? You're going to say to me, well, will he spend $250 million to do it? And he would tell you, Look at Steve Cohen. Uh, look at the San Diego Padres. Look at the teams that spend the most money on free agents and where they're at right now. And is that the solution to winning a championship on the South Side? Andrew Friedman might say yes. Yes, it is. But we'll talk about that later. We'll continue to discuss these things. And we'll go Cubs when we come back. Our final segment on Inside the Clubhouse. We will close out with some Cubs conversation. It's Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. It's 5 o'clock somewhere. It's 5 o'clock somewhere. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at 4. Donchich. The step back 3. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here. On TuneIn, go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. If your day sounds like... We need the report ASAP. You deserve Medella. If you've persevered through... 
deserve this rich golden lager with a crisp but refreshing taste. Or if you overcame. Two more reps, two more. You deserve this ice cold reward. Medella, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. We're back with more Inside the Clubhouse with Bruce Levine and David Haw. Welcome back. It's Inside the Clubhouse, Chicago Sports Radio 674, final segment. Sad day, Bruce. Jimmy Buffett passes away at the age of 76. One of those, one of those artists that everybody, uh, doesn't matter your age, uh, knows the songs, uh, identifies with a vibe, and just appreciates the music of somebody who was a terrific performer, had concerts at Wrigley Field, crossover effect into sports and baseball, and a lot of people. Justin Steele, for example, the Cubs Cy Young Award candidate, tweets out, it'll be 5 o'clock somewhere, and that's what everybody kind of relates to. And definitely a sad day for music fans. Died peacefully in his sleep, according to reports, at the age of 76. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, he's... He's pretty underrated uh, person in uh, American history because of the fact that his music was just a- about people letting stress go and dealing with the realities of life the best way you could. And none, none is better than uh, the way he uh, said, you know, go lay out on a beach, mellow out, try to forget about uh, life's problems and just uh, try to enjoy life the way it is. Uh, he was truly uh, an important person and uh you know he will certainly be missed a couple quick baseball points i want to get your perspective on bruce before we get out of here real quick when you heard from jed hoyer in the marquee booth and before the game on friday talk about a change in the offseason to the waiver claim process wondered what you thought about that he was alluding to the fact that the angels release six players or put on waivers to try to save $7 million to stay under the luxury tax. And the Guardians were able to claim um, Ronaldo Lopez and Lucas Giolito and a third, and then the Reds get a couple players. And his idea was once you claim a guy, you should go to the back of the line and something needs to be looked at. What do you think? Yeah, I don't, I don't like the present waiver system because it's, it's not healthy for teams. It's not healthy for the players. I mean, you got you have a guy, you know, like uh, Clevenger with the White Sox right now. He knew that the White Sox wanted to let him go. Okay, he knew that the White Sox didn't want to pay the rest of his contract. Nobody picked him up on waivers. Okay, whether you like him or not personally, and all the the history of it, the fact is he's got to pitch the last 30 days for a team that doesn't want him. Okay. That is not an easy thing to do. That's a bad message that Major League Baseball sends with this waiver system the way it is, okay? So when when you put guys on waivers this time of year, it's, it's incumbent upon you to let them go if they're not claimed and pay the rest of their salary, not bring them back to a team and embarrass them in front of teammates that, hey, this guy's still in the clubhouse. He's still with us, but we didn't want him any longer. Bruce, other reports are that in the postseason, they have decided that Major League Baseball will still implement the same pitch clock that has been used during the regular season. There was some discussion about maybe removing it, maybe lengthening it, maybe making changes or alterations. I believe that if it's not broke, don't fix it, and I'm glad they're not doing anything. I'll just answer that by asking, uh, when you and Molly do your great show every Monday morning, 
How many times have uh, has the pitch clock come up in the last four months? Not much. Yeah. Not much. I mean, it's, it's like always a stickler it's worked for that. Pretty, not much. It's worked pretty darn well, hasn't it? I mean, it's just yeah. All it's, it's great. all it's done is taken twenty minutes off of every ball game. You know exactly what uh, Theo Epstein and the people that came up with some of these ideas thought it would do. It's uh, it's help. Uh, it's helped regenerate people's interest in the game of baseball. To my, uh, you know, my view is that people are more invested in baseball this year than they have been in four or five years because of the fact that they can be more predictable about their time and what they watch. I think that's exactly the way I feel too. It, it's it's a really an asset. I wonder if it's related to the attendance growth in baseball this season. It's up nine percent, and I wonder. Um, if it's going to continue to rise in terms of interest and, and watchability. Last thing, Bruce, okay, so the Cubs and the Reds, they're back in action tonight at uh, Great American Ballpark in Cincinnati. Javier Assad, Andrew Abbott, 505 pregame right here on the score in the Xfinity Cubs radio network. First pitch at 540. If the Cubs have a 3-2 to lead, it is the ninth inning. Who gets the ball for the final three outs? Oh, I'm bringing in Randy Myers. Is that can I, <laughs> <laughs> is he available? Uh, I would say that Adbert Elsley gets the ball uh, tonight. Uh, if it was up to me and uh, it was Levine managing the team, which will never happen. Nobody even want to. No, nobody even wants to think about it fantasy wise. Lounging uh, with Levine would, in the dugout. I, I would. I would talk to him before the game and said, "Look, Adbert." You're getting a day to get your arm back where it needs to be. We need you to uh, be our closer. You are our closer from tomorrow on. But today, you're taking the entire day off. Just relax. Feel good about yourself. Know that we wouldn't be in this position of competing for a championship without you. Great answer, and Bruce. Move, and this has been a terrific move, show. I, yeah, I'd move on to, to green for one night only. Green for a night and then back to Azalei tomorrow. I think he needs maybe a day off, but... Hey, if David Ross is, is pushing the right buttons, we'll find out what one he pushes tonight. And I think Cub fans hope that they do have a 3-2 to two lead in the ninth. That would be good because it means they have bounced back. All right, Bruce, we've got a lot of people to thank because this was fun today. Absolutely. We thank uh, Kyle Hendricks and uh, the Chicago Cubs for helping us with getting Kyle today. We also thank uh, our great producer, Sean Sears. David, it was great having you back again. And uh, next time you go on a Las Vegas junket, let me know a little bit in advance of that you're going to, to gamble all weekend. Let your wife know as well. Uh, we, <laughs> we had, a, uh, we had a, a great show. People can follow me on Twitter at MLB Bruce Levine on our website, 670thescore.com. Steve Rosenblum next with Mark Grody, Herb Arkish, Hub Arkish, and James Fox, part of the mix of his great show. David, looking forward to next week. Thanks so much. Thanks, Bruce. Me too. You know, when Vegas Hall takes over, you just never know what's going to happen. So I, uh, I'm glad to be back in the fold here on Inside the Clubhouse. Thank you for everyone for to everyone for listening. Thanks, Sean, and and thanks uh, to our audience. We'll be back next Saturday talking baseball. Tuesday, Mullen Hall, 5.30 to 10 weekdays here on The Score. This has been Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. Vegas Hawk! Vegas Hawk! Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. 
News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively sports. Shot clock at four. Doncic. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. It's better over here. After investing billions to light up our network, T-Mobile is America's largest 5G network. Plus, right now, you can switch, keep your phone, and we'll pay it off up to $800. See how you can save on every plan versus Verizon and AT&T at T-Mobile.com slash across America. Up to four lines via virtual prepaid card. Allowed 15 days. Qualifying unlocked device. Credit service ported. 90 plus days with device and eligible carrier and timely redemption required. Card has no cash access and expires in six months. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.